and pro. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. I have a question for you. Here is my question. If God did not give you free will, then you're required to do his will, and if you don't do his will, there are going to be consequences, right? But many people believe that God did not give everybody free will. He only gave certain a certain limited number of people free will. We'll call it a remnant. A very small number of people, and the rest of people he consigned to eternal damnation to be instruments of his pleasure for damnation and destruction to the rest of the world. Only a small remnant are dedicated and created by God for his eternal pleasure. The rest for damnation. So here's the rest of my question. Here's my real question. Which one of your kids is destined for damnation? Now, since it's only a small remnant of those, according to that theology, a small remnant that is given the opportunity for eternal salvation, that means that the majority of your children are destined for eternal damnation. Which ones are they? This is kind of a strange way to start a program, isn't it? Well, indeed it is. But it's no stranger than the theology that produces the questions. And the reality is that once we start applying things in ways that bring us down to, shall we say, more than a theoretical point of view and a kind of reality then all of a sudden, our theologies start to get a little tenuous, don't they? So, here's the question that I have for you. We were to have a special guest join us here today, and it's possible that I missed his call. But he wrote an interesting book, Ken Schwarmer, wrote an interesting book called Why Did God Give My Kids Free Will? Why did God give my kids free will? Hmm. So, do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? Why did God give your kids free will? Or did he give them free will? If your theology is that God created the majority of humankind for damnation and destruction, consigning them from the get-go to eternal damnation, then... Apparently, God didn't give your kids free will. But if God didn't give your kids free will, then why does he say, children, honor your parents, honor your father and your mother, that you might live long on the earth which the Lord your God gives you? You see, sometimes we have to sort of put things in a little different light in order to 
think more clearly about our theology. But let's talk about our children. Let's talk about our grandchildren. Did God give your kids free will? Is he still giving them free will? My wife and I have been married now for 56 years. We have three children, three daughters, and we have 10 grandchildren and one great-grandchild. So we have achieved a tenuous level of greatness at this point, but it seems that the greater we are in that regard, the more we realize that God gave kids free will. And the problem with God giving kids free will is that the kids don't always obey the parents, even though God instructed them to do so. Children, obey your parents. Hmm. Can you begin to see the overflowing relevance of this kind of question in your own home, in your own heart, in your own marital history, in all of the warp and woof of your life experiences? Can you begin to see the relevance of this? And how about when you realize that God calls you his child? Did he give you free will? And if he didn't give you free will, then why does he hold you accountable for it? That's not fair, is it? All these different issues before us here today. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction talk that transforms. The book that I have in my hands uh, is called Why Did God Give My Kids Free Will? And uh, it's an interesting book because this particular author is not a pastor, uh, but he's been around the horn for a very long time. Married 33 years. Four kids, three pets. Now, interestingly, he served as a school board member, a PTA president, a Cub Scout master, and a soccer coach. It appears that he's been around, been around a lot of kids, and still is, and writes a humorous book. And indeed, it's very humorous. But it's not humorous in the sense that if indeed God did give us free will, then we must be accountable to him. So, since you and I were once kids, and God calls us children, this must be highly relevant to us too. So as it is for our kids and our grandkids, so it is for us. Hmm. The very problems that we see with our kids, God sees in us. Ouch. Now, that's the reality of life, isn't it? That's the reality of life. And uh, today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking about uh, what it's like. Now, you see... Since God tells parents to train up their children in the way of the Lord, and when they're old, they will not depart from it, 
Actually, that's not an absolute promise. It is a principle. Train up your children in the way of the Lord, the nurture of the Lord, and when they're old, it is far more likely that they're going to follow the Lord than not. That's basically what it means, I think. So, where are your children today? Are they following the Lord with a whole heart? I didn't say were they baptized. I didn't ask the question whether uh, they were doing everything that you command them to do, because if they're not doing everything you command them to do, if what you command them to do is godly, then they're not doing everything that God commanded them to do either. So they're out of line. Right? So does that make you an imperfect parent? Hmm. No. It doesn't make you an imperfect parent unless God is imperfect too. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismar, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismer. I'm going to make a last-ditch effort to see if we can connect in with our special guest today. And if not, we'll just continue on as we are now. So just hang in there, my friends, and we will see. This is the nature of live broadcasting sometimes, and we'll just see. Don't hold your breath. Hi, this is Ken. This is Ken. This is the man that I need to talk to. This is Chuck Chris Meyer with Save America Ministries, the Viewpoint Radio Broadcast, and I just laid a uh, 10-minute foundation that would be so shocking to you that you might wonder whether you should ever join us again on the air. (laughs) But but since you're the good humor man, uh, in the light of uh, your kids having free will, and yeah. yet uh, not doing God's will, uh, it seems like our kids are a metaphor for the rest of us. Yeah. What do you yeah, think, Ken? Sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm just so delighted that we were able to connect and that you waited patiently for me. Oh, of course. No worries. Yeah. Uh, where are you located, by the way? So I'm up in Washington State. Now, wait a minute. Are there any of God's kids in Washington State? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of I course. thought they were all tree huggers. Uh, well, we we have those too, and uh, I certainly uh, talk to God around my trees, so you know, it can make that work. Yeah, well, I love trees as well. Yeah. I love God more, but I do love His trees, Absolutely. and uh, I love His children too. But His children aren't always very lovely. <laughs> well, you know, they're finding their way, and God gave them free will, and He must and Obviously, he knows what he's doing. You know, maybe I uh, would uh, prefer to wait, <laughs> giving them free will until they were, uh, you know, their brains were fully developed. But when uh, are their brains going to be fully developed? It seems they, to me that uh, they want to be children now until they're in their mid thirties, forties. Yeah, I hear you. Apparently, it's supposed to happen around twenty six, twenty seven, and I definitely 
in my older kids saw a big difference between like 25 and 26. Uh-huh. So I, I think it really does eventually happen. Well, there is a reason why most lawyers uh, recommend if you're going to uh, put uh, your assets in trust and you pass that you not deliver your assets uh, directly to your child or grandchild until they reach at least 25. That's uh, right. There is a reason for that. Yep, absolutely. Now, so why in the world then did God give responsibility to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt when they were only 20? <laughs> yeah, right. He's got a plan. I mean, I, I don't uh, I don't even begin to uh, claim I uh, understand God's plan in, in all situations. But. Well, is it a plan? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you had listened to the opening of our program here today, uh-huh. uh, we talked about this whole concept of free will. And there are many of those in our country and around the world who believe that God didn't give people free will. <laughs> that he actually consigned the majority of humankind to be agents of destruction uh, and to uh, inherit eternal damnation and a small remnant uh, to be blessed and have eternal life. So if that be the case, then how in the world can God as a parent hold his children responsible? (laughs) I don't know. Way, way, way beyond my understanding. Beyond your pay grade. Yes, exactly. And yet God has linked all of this together in his word when he says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. It's the first command with their promise, that you might live long on the earth. So apparently God expects kids to obey their parents. Therefore, he must have given them free will. But has he, in spite of giving them free will, consigned them to disobey their parents so that they will destroy them? I don't know. You know, what I, what I find is that uh, as I learn uh, more and more about surrendering to God's will and realizing I'm not in control, mm-hmm. uh, raising children has probably brought me forward faster in that understanding than uh, I would assume I would have if I didn't have children. So So, you're saying that uh, raising children is God's training ground for you? Absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. Have you passed the test yet? Yeah, I don't don't know. When when do you get the test scores? I mean, at what point is it it done? Well, I am waiting for those. I'm waiting, (laughs) Ken, for those words, well done, now good and faithful servant. On the other (laughs) hand, sometimes when you measure and you look at the current fruit of what you believe are your eternal labors, uh, it doesn't look as pretty as we'd like. Yeah, that's that's well said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that having been said, and and truly you're the good humor man, uh, as you've written this book in a very humorous way, but uh, and, and it's okay. We, we need to interject a little bit of humor, but not in the sense that we diminish uh, the seriousness of God's call to us to obey his voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, everyone's called to, uh, to a ministry, and for me that was uh, dealing with some, uh, you know, uh, 
things I've learned parenting for 30 years and humor just seems to be the, uh, the gift that God gave me. And so I tried to use that uh, to highlight some, you know, more serious themes and get a chance to talk about uh, the journey of parenting in a Christian uh, environment and, and share that with people. And hopefully the humor makes it a little bit uh easier for people, uh, you know, to uh, relate. Well, in fact, it does, and uh, I'm delighted that you've joined us. We're going to make your book available here on the program today. Uh, Friends, this is a brand-new book. It's just come out. Your gift of $16 or more to Save America Ministries is going to put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. So, uh, Ken, you your book just came out on the 6th of September. My latest book just came out on the 25th of August. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so uh, uh, we, we pray that each one of these will make their mark uh, in the yeah. mind and heart of of uh, God's people. Now let's let's talk about this matter of free will with our kids, mm-hmm. uh, because it helps us to understand our kids. I think and helps us to understand us as well. So, <clears throat> uh, you say that God. The, the principle of your book is that God gave your kids free will, but why did He do it? He gave your kids. Free will. Free will to do what? Well, that's the <laughs> that's the question. Now, of course, the see that really is, is the question, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. My my subhead is: Couldn't he have waited until they moved out? <laughs> I I um, you know I, I think there's a lot of different ways to to think about one one of as I was really pondering this, uh, it helped me understand that you know God loves my children as much as more than probably i love my children and who they are are his creation and therefore of course it would be free will because it's not my will it's not my will for my children it's god's will for my children and yet your children are supposed to submit to your will or your leadership or your dominion in order to submit to god yeah, Isn't that fascinating? It, it is. And what I, you know, again, I'm, I don't propose, you know, I never say I'm a, you know, a theologian in any shape. But what I have really discovered for myself in that process is that, um, you know, God, God has their back as much as he has my back. And, it's, and as I surrender... To God, I believe the free will He gave my children is the same surrender that that they surrender to God, and I find that through the process, it's more about how I demonstrate and live out a Christian life mm-hmm. more than what I say. You know, kids are notorious for looking like they're listening to you, but you know, you can sort of see in that little brain of theirs 
you know, it's not so much about all of the things I tell my children. It's how I show my children. So every so every day is show and tell time. It is. Absolutely. Because that speaks volumes. If I sit at the dinner table and I'm judging my neighbor or I'm talking about how I just, you know, uh, found a, a, you know, did some kind of behavior that's not proper or uh, just the whole host of ways that I struggle with in my life to, to uh, be a good Christian and then turn around and tell them something different. Well, the kids see that, right? They know that. It's, they're watching what I do, not what I say. Mm-hmm. So I... Well, I isn't really, that the reason why the Father sent Jesus as Messiah? Yeah. He sent him to be the fleshing out of the truth so that people could see it full of grace and truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. So therefore, he sends you as a father. He sends me as a father and a grandfather to be a manifestation of his truth so it can be seen. Amen. Hopefully. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, and... and, um... Is that what Jesus meant when he said... As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Uh, yeah. That wasn't a missionary passage to be presented yeah. on Wednesday night at Missionary Sunday, was it? No. Uh, you know, living out our faith uh, is what we're called to do. Um, just speaking platitudes about it, is, I mean, that's, that's not the same thing. <laughs> okay, you've been married 33 years, is that right? Uh, let's see. Are you now uh, to 34? I'm at 34 now, yes. Okay, you better be careful. Okay. Got to get it right. Okay. Okay. So you've been married 34 years. I've been married 56. And uh, so we have a fur uh, piece of experience uh, here to add together. Right. How would you say that your relationship with your wife reflects upon your children's ability to submit or surrender their will to God? So I had a little funny little interaction with my 19-year-old yesterday, and he has a girlfriend, mm. and I could uh, hear him in his room uh, arguing with his girlfriend. Mm. And uh, later in the day, I passed him uh, in our kitchen, and he's telling me about these troubles he's having with her. And then he made a really interesting comment. He said, but, you know, I really love her. And so uh, I really I really know that I need to work this out with her. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, A, I was really proud of him. But secondly, that's how my wife and I work things out. I mean, we're not, I mean, we, we get in arguments. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Children of God getting in arguments? <laughs> yes. Oh, it my happened. goodness. It happened. Well, apparently it happened in the Old Testament because uh, Jacob and Esau had some uh, pretty serious problems, and uh, Jacob ran for his life for 20 years in order to avoid his brother killing him. And uh, it, it just seems like these kinds of sibling rivalries and so on uh, are very commonplace oh. 
my gosh, yes. The Bible's very relevant and frank, if if we allow it to be so, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. And it's very relevant and frank when it comes to these issues of uh, our children. In fact, Jesus made an interesting statement to his disciples uh, because they wanted to dismiss the kids. They wanted to send them off to uh, kids' church. They wanted to send the kids off to uh, uh, the babysitting uh, area of the church while real church was being conducted uh, with the adults. And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Let them come to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Because unless you become as a little child, you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. Let's pick up on that. Think about that after this break, okay? We'll be, we'll be back after this, friends. Get a copy of this great book, Why Did God Give My Kids Free Will? Uh, $16. We'll put this brand new book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. You're listening to Viewpoint, as we say every day, or almost every day, Viewpoint determines destiny. And our viewpoint concerning our children, our grandchildren, and yes, even us as God's children, is determining destiny, and that's why God gave us free will. He did. The Bible says so. In fact, Joshua, as he was getting ready to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, he told them, Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How do you feel about that, my friends out there? How do you feel about that? Well, we introduced an interesting scenario before the break with our special guest, Ken Swarner, uh, author of the book, Why Did God Give My Kids Free Will? Jesus taking his disciples to task for their wanting to dismiss the kids because maybe they were a little unruly, maybe they didn't listen the way uh, the disciples wanted them to listen or whatever. And he says, no, 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 don't, don't send them away, for such is the kingdom of heaven, because unless you become as one of these, as a little child, you can't even see the kingdom of heaven. Ken, what's your thought? Yeah, I, I think a lot about um, that, uh, you know, how our kids uh, bring us, uh, you know, it's it kind of going back to the, the challenges and, and the kind of tongue-in-cheek title of, of the book. 
is that before I had children, you know, I thought I was the most patient person. You know, I, I saw my emotional bandwidth as being, you know, quite wide. And then I had children <laughs> only to learn that, my gosh, no, I, I hadn't had very many challenges or even um, – even talk to God at, I mean, I mean, not even a percent uh, growing up with I talking to God. But man, the minute I had kids, uh, you had started, a reason to talk to God. Well, that, what, is, what is it with these kids you gave me? That's, that's what Moses said to God. He said, what am I going to do with these people? They're your people, God. And God told him, no, they're your people. Now you lead them and follow me. I also I also don't think I understood the breadth of God's love for me until he gave me a child. And it, it was just like, oh, my goodness, look what God gave me. And I felt that love of God so intensely. Until uh, he was just, two. Until he was yeah, two and he yeah. said no. <laughs> yeah, well. And then when he was four, he became a, te- a terror and uh, you wanted to extirpate him to Iran. Yeah, yeah I don't even want to talk about the teenage years, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do love in the Bible. I mean, Mary doesn't say much in the Bible, but I love the story of uh, when Jesus was 12 and, and stayed back in the temple. And, of course, they travel a full day before real, even realized Jesus wasn't with them. That's and amazing. Any, any parent who's ever left a child somewhere accidentally, I think, can feel immediately uh, connected to, to that story. But exactly. I love when she comes back to the temple and, you know, she's telling him. In Why fact, in fact, Mary and Joseph would have been arrested for child abuse in today's That's world. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That's right. And all over uh, Facebook with, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, but, you know, and then, of course, they ask Jesus, hey, so why'd you do this to us? This is, this is horrible. And, of course, like any teenager, you know. Didn't you know I would be here? You know, it's just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that I must I be love, about my father's story. will. Yeah. Well, there comes a point in time, Ken, when a parent needs to be prepared for that kind of event, I think. Yeah. And it usually it comes as a greater shock to mom than it does to dad. And it did there. We don't hear any response from Joseph. It was from Mary, the mother. That's right. Yeah. So mom's apron strings had to be cut. And they were cut at 12 years of age just before he made bar mitzvah. And uh, so Jesus, he's coming out into the fore of knowledge of his father's calling and will. It's hard for us as parents to deal with that transition, isn't it? Yeah, I really struggled with my oldest because he, you know, obviously he's the first to uh, begin the process of leaving the nest. And it was a huge struggle for me. He, my, my oldest is really a very brilliant 
person. So first, I of course, he's your son, right? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> of course, I, I had to uh, eventually admit to myself that what he was, you know, he'd say things, and I would say, "Ah, it's not true," but they were true. You know, you know, I had to really learn humbleness uh, and humility, which obviously our children always bring us to those lessons. And, and if we don't, way. if we don't come to that place of humility, then they're going to see the pride rise up, and they're going to realize how hypocritical it is, and turn away from the very God that we want them to follow. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I, I'm sure there's other ways people can get to that connection, but I think children are just in awesome conduit to uh the you know the less you know the the advancement of learning humility and humbleness and uh fighting against that pride i i don't know personally if i could be further along that path if i didn't have children my children have definitely taught me so that. god gave you and me children to test us to see whether we would be faithful children to him. For sure, but also to advance us so that we can learn to be faithful to him. Exactly. Yeah. I I think um, maybe I would have figured it out another way. I don't think so. I mean, I needed to be, you know, more slapped upside the head, and my four children definitely (laughs) did that for me. Ah. Okay, it's interesting. If you were to read the book of uh, Malachi, chapter 1, it's just a four-chapter message from Malachi, uh, the last in the Old Testament. And God says to the leaders of his people through the prophet, he says, you say that you honor me, but how can you say you honor me? He says, if I be a father, then where is my honor? If I be a father, where is my honor? Now, let's take that, because there's a very serious, Malachi is not somebody to mess around with, because it is a final message to God's people, and particularly the leaders. If I be a father, where's my honor? Now, let's say that you and I are children, which God says we are. He sees us as children needing a shepherd. And so that question, if I be a father, where's my honor, applies to us, not only our relationship with our children and their relationship with us, but to our relationship with God as Father, right? That's right. Yep. Okay, so if children are commanded by God to obey their parents, which they are, children, obey your parents. Is that a suggestion or is that a command? That's a, that's a command. Okay, and it's because God has put parents in the place of God to their children. In other words, God's hand extended to the children, right? So if that be the case, then why is it 
that we, that God calls children that are parents, refuse to obey God. Yeah, that's the rub, isn't it? Ooh, that is the (laughs) ultimate rub. And here's the problem with that, Ken. Did you know that for the past uh, five to eight years that the refusal to, the, the, the word obey has become the most hated word in the church? Did you know that? No. It's true. But that's certainly a a really hated word in our society. Well, indeed it is, but in the church too. And we have found religious ways to diss what God says. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that what our children do? Yep. We say, you know, I want you to do this, and they say, well, I'll do that, but I'll do this. In other words, they always have a but. (laughs) the problem among church people today is big butts yeah full of butts and isn't that the problem that we deal with our kids i here's why i don't want to do that mom now i hear what you're saying but i don't want to i had Four grandchildren grow up in our home, not because their parents abandoned them, but because my daughter worked for me. And so we spent a lot of time, they spent a lot of time in our home, and we were given special uh, privilege to be like uh, parental extensions to them. So they would come to me sometimes. I I would say, well, I I want you to do this, or I, I want you to do that. And they would say, but I don't want to. My answer was, then change your want-tos. <laughs> Do you know that today, even though every one of them is in their mid to late 20s or even 30, if I were to say, but I don't want to, they would immediately respond, then change your want-tos. <laughs> now, it's not that difficult to understand. That's a very simple thing, isn't it? But yes. that's what God's saying to us as children. Yes, yes but my my guess is <clears throat> that you were that you were more than just telling him. You were a living example, trying like to be at least. Of, yeah, right. So they trying to be. They listened and respected you because it wasn't say this and then act. Exactly. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
Have you been praying for patience lately, my friends? Have children. Yes, you heard that correctly. If you want to have patience, learn patience, have children or grandchildren. But if you don't learn patience in that testing ground, there's not much that will ever teach you patience. So what is patience anyway? Patience is a character of God. He is long-suffering. That's basically meaning patient. But that doesn't mean there aren't consequences when we break his will. He's just patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But there comes a line, a, a line in the sand. So, Ken, your book is basically written in humor, but when God draws a line in the sand, he draws the line in the sand as a father, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And he does that precisely because he gave his children free will. Yeah, because he loved us that much. So if he had not given us free will, then he would not be able, as a just and righteous God, to draw that line in the sand, would he? Right. And we wouldn't be able to grow in our faith. I mean, there's something about there's something about getting a, an opportunity to come to him, uh, you know, freely versus, you know, uh, another way. And I think our children, giving them that opportunity as well, builds for a stronger relationship, for sure. All right. So let's, let's apply this because, again, we're dealing with uh, Scripture that's hyper-relevant if we apply it properly. So the parent says, see, God is coming in righteousness and in holiness, so he has the right to draw the line in the sand. As parents, we stand in loco parentis, so to speak, in the place of, that. that's what the teachers say, they stand in loco parentis, in the place of the parent. Well, we stand in loco deus, the place of God, as parents. So what happens then if we as a parent don't do righteously, but demand the same, demand righteousness of our children. For instance, let's give an illustration. A parent says, you lied to me, to his kid. You lied to me, and therefore, and then draws the line in the sand, therefore this is going to be the consequence. But what if that same parent has been heard by the child on the telephone to say to school people, authorities, uh, well, my kids aren't coming today because they're sick. When in fact, the child knows that they're on their way to the zoo. Get the point? It's It's glaring, isn't it? Absolutely. It's one of the major points. when it comes to uh, our jobs as parents. That's what I'm saying. Kids, kids tune you out or they, they, see your, uh, they see you being a hypocrite pretty fast. They're always watching, way more than I think they're listening, right? I call, yeah. I call upstairs for them to come down to dinner, and man, I have to... <laughs> I have so to what you do speaks so loudly, I can't hear <laughs> yeah. what you say. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. Yeah, but okay. They, so They know what I'm doing. What we're really talking about here, amid all these words, is something so simple that anybody can understand it. Even a child can understand it. Yeah. So why is it we don't? As, as adults, as parents, why is it we don't get it? Why is it we're dissing God at every point? Well, I, there's probably a ton of reasons, but one that I come back to all the time is because I think I'm in control. You know, it's funny. Oh, now wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to be in control. Yeah. So the child is going to control the household or the parent. Right. I mean, it's it, it, it's this idea that somehow, uh, you know, it's when, when your child does something amazing, the parent's right there to say, hey, look what I did. The child does something wrong, and oh, look what society did. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> Well, we see God's dilemma then, don't we? Yeah, we do. We God's do. got a tough role here because he says, I'm a father, but you'd never know it by the way you're living. That's right. That's right. Whoa. Boy, this stuff really preaches, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <John. laughs> and we haven't even gotten to all the wonderful humor in your book yet. <laughs> Well, I just I just relate stories that happened to me and how I what I learned from those to be closer to God. So they're I, they're the same stories everybody else has. If you have, yeah. you know, I mean, but you I, have the way of communicating them in a way that helps us to see ourselves in a mirror. Yes, for sure. So Jesus' brother said, "Whoever looks into the the mirror of God's word." and then turns around and forgets what he saw there, he's going to end up in deception. And that goes for our kids, and it goes for us too, doesn't it? It does. And there are just a lot of external forces that are, you know, grabbing our attention and, uh, you know, creating, (coughs) you know, just driving us away from God. And so the... the, uh, the habit to make is to stay focused on God and to be a good follower of God, and then things fall in line. What does that look like for a father? You're a father. What does that look like? Uh, Well, I think uh, honesty, right? Honest. For me, one of the things that took me a long time to learn is that it's okay to, to tell my children of the things I did that missed the mark, and then Explain what I learned from that, and then how I talked to God about that. That that meant humility. That meant lowering yeah. my pride. Not when you say miss the mark, you're talking about sin. Sin, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we we're talking yep. about the same thing. Yes. Okay. And and teaching them that you know it's not easy, and here's how I, what I learned from it, and how I used or how. Use, but how I talk to God to help me through that process. And they listen to that. Hey, they're kind of just interested in the story right. of what Dad did, you know. But also there's something about about um, about them seeing me as, as human and not, um, you know, some, some kind of a, of, uh, 
I don't, I don't know the right word. I guess it's the same feeling I know, you know, that we get with Jesus, right? He's God, but the uh, humanness of him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids can really relate to, to that. And they love a good story about dad. <laughs> In my book, Hearts of the Fathers, <clears throat> I, I have an entire chapter uh, on this principle. To become a father, I must first become a son. Yeah. To become a father, I must first become a son. I think a lot of parents don't get that. A lot of dads don't understand that. Because if uh, I don't demonstrate myself as a true and genuine son of God, then how in the world am I ever going to train up my son to follow him without hypocrisy? Yeah. And not everybody had an easy time when they were a son. You know, that cloud or that makes being a father very challenging for some people who are, um, you know, they, they were a son and that didn't go so well for them. You know, I think um, there's a lot in that in that message that, uh, you know, uh, I, I think you're right on the mark. I mean, becoming that son is, is also a way of, hey, maybe being a young child wasn't so easy for you, but you still have a, a father, God, and Let's do a do-over here. Let's let's learn to be, you know, the son that, um, you know, you were meant to be. Yeah. You're chosen. You know, God loves you so much. He brought you into this world. So, I uh, I love that. That's awesome. All right. Now, we have a daughter who uh, quite brilliant and strong-willed. Uh, when uh, James Dobson, Dr. James Dobson, wrote his book about the strong-willed child, he was writing basically about our daughter and his son. <clears throat> I'm not kidding you. They dated. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when, when she was younger, uh, we talk about how her mother would ask her to do, you know, say, by illustration, take out the trash. And she would become very diligent about cleaning up her room. But the trash didn't get cleaned up. There was always an alternative that she thought was better. I wonder how many of us as parents think that our choices are better than what God tells us to do. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that's that whole surrender part too, right? Exactly. You know, and, um, and by the way, this it, is this is something that we all admit in the family. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. It's the way it was. It's the way it is. And uh, there's so many other things, probably in your family, in other families out there. There are certain characteristics. And in one sense, we can laugh about them, but they're serious. Mm-hmm. They have serious implications and consequences if we don't learn. And you've used this word surrender over and over again. I think it is so critical. You know, we used to sing this song, Ken, All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Not sure we really understood that song. <laughs> yeah. If we really meant it, 
things would be different in our homes, wouldn't they? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. In fact, things would be different in our churches, too. And the reason things are having problems in our churches is because Christians are having problems in their homes. Mm -hmm. So this is so, so relevant. Why did God give my kids free will? Very catching title. That's the reason I chose to do this interview. By the way, I don't do interviews. I do conversations. Have we been having a conversation? Uh, I've so enjoyed this. Oh, great, you, great. Yeah, yeah your, your wealth of knowledge is astounding. <clears throat> astounding so I'm... Well, you know, God never commanded us to be informed. Yeah, he commanded yeah. us to be transformed, didn't he? Yep, that's right. So that's what we do here on this program. Yeah. It's uh, applied Christianity. Yeah. That's what the whole Word of God is about. And it's all addressed to believers. Not to unbelievers, because Jesus said they're condemned already. Right there next to John 3.16. So we're looking at a situation where God, in his wisdom as a father, he portrays himself as a father for a reason, so that we can better understand our role as parents to raise up children in the fear of the Lord. Which brings us to a final question. When the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, isn't this then the first thing that we should be training our children in if they have free will? Because if they don't learn the fear of the Lord, they're never going to learn to surrender. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's, it's kind of like all the time then teaching our children about the consequences of their actions, right? Mm -hmm, And then then making sure and not getting in the way of those consequences so that they can learn, right? There you go. Boy, what applied churchy, I mean Christianity we have here today on Viewpoint (laughs) concerning our kids. And in fact, we are all kids and God gave us free will and it's about time we start using it to bless his name. The book a brand new $18 book, $16 on our website, friends, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Add $5 for postage and handling if you're writing a check. And become a partner, friends, and let's be the kind of parents and grandparents God would have us to be because he gave our kids free will. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.